0: Guardian.co.uk.
1: This podcast is produced in association with Guinness, official beer of the RBS Six Nations.
2: Welcome to our Six Nations podcast for 2011. I'm Robert Kitson, the Guardian's rubber unit correspondent. It's a frequent cry, but has there ever been a more open championship? Almost every team manager has had his plans disrupted by injuries to key players. England are supposedly favourites, but they haven't won a title since 2003. Mark Lieverman of France seems to be permanently on probation. Nobody can say, hand on heart, that the Autumn Internationals against the Southern Hemisphere's finest installed them as Europe's number one team. So here to discuss this, we're in the studio, are two top operatives, Steve Busfield and Evan Fanning from the Guardian Sports Desk. And on the phone, I'm also pleased to say we've made contact with a man with the fastest set of initials in the game, retired Wales and Lions winger JJ Williams, ahead of the Wales-England match, which kicks off the championship on Friday night. Hello, JJ. Rob, how are you? Hi. Well, would you fancy being an Englishman in Cardiff on Friday night?
3: Well, a bit intimidating, but that's that's what it's all about. Has it ever been any different? But, uh, I mean, England are the favourites. I don't know why, because I'm quite confident that Wales can turn them over on Friday. They've done quite well against England over the last few years. And it's in Cardiff, you know, it's a massive home advantage. And I think England have got more disruptions than Wales. So, in my eyes, uh, Wales are the favourites. Yeah, I mean,
2: playing in front of an expectant Welsh crowd brings its own pressures too, as you'd be well aware.
3: Well yes, but it is a huge advantage, you know, it's very intimidating for because England will have a few newer players out. And it'll be the first visit for Cardiff for many of them. And it is an intimidating stadium, you know. The, the players, the, the crowd is right on the players, and the roof will most could be closed. Be very loud and uh, very partisan, as you would expect. So I think that tilts it towards Wales slightly because we are quite an experienced team. You know, plenty of experience in vital, vital positions.
2: The only snag, JJ, I guess, is I mean, the set piece foundations of the, of the Welsh team have been shaken a bit, haven't they? Adam Jones, yeah. Gethin Jenkins. I mean, there's enough elsewhere to, to make up for that.
3: I think so, uh, yes, okay, we've got some uh able deputies there, but... Uh Craig Mitchell and uh, Paul, Reece, but, uh, Paul James, sorry, yes. But I think we'll hold the scrum. England have got their own problems in the front row as well. So I think we'll have parity there. And I think it's how we'll use the ball. Both sides will be the crucial thing. That the battle of the outside halves. I think if Toby Flood brings in this back three and plays an expansive game and goes for it, I think England will score some tries. But if they you know, revert to type and play a, you know, pick up and drive in a tight game, I think Wales could just run them off the park. So, but again, I think Stephen Jones is an experienced man. In that battle of the two and number 10s would be vital.
2: When you say England have got problems in the front row, are you talking about Dylan Hartley's line-out throwing? Or? Well,
3: not, well, not really, no, but you know, they've, 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 they've had a few injuries there, don't they? I don't think they are as settled as they would be. What is a front row? They haven't decided yet, have yeah. they? But um, I think there will be parity there. I cannot see Will just being pushed off the ball. I In fact, in my eyes, I think Will's concentrated too much on the scrimmage in the autumn internationals we try to push over tries and endless endless put-ins on scrums so, and there'll only be half a dozen to eight scrums in the game anyway I suppose so I think it's, it's the other parts of that game where it'll all be decided and for me it's the way the two outs and halves will play.
2: Mm, no it's interesting and,
3: and
2: in terms of the biggest threat or the biggest danger from England um, outside the scrum I and mean, they've got some you know some pretty handy strike runners out there too haven't they?
3: Well that's right the back three are outstanding aren't they uh, Ashton, Coetio, and Forden. and uh, But will they use them? Uh, okay, Foden likes to run from deep. He'll have his opportunities out in the open. So that's why Stephen Jones will have to be very careful with his kicking into the loose so he doesn't play into Fordham's hands there. We've got a, 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 a decent back three as well, Manny, with Byrne, um, Shane Williams, and a halfpenny I've just been told he's out of the team. So I'm not quite sure we will replace him there. There's talk in Wales this morning that Hook will play full back anyway. Mm. Now I'm not happy about that if that is the, the, the case because I want to see him in midfield. Because, is an outstanding playmaker there
2: no, there's all, all sorts of possibilities you've set it up beautifully JJ thanks very much ha- have a great evening Pleasure. on Friday thanks very much so what about England no sooner do they find new players with pace, spirit and ability like Courtney Laws and Tom Croft than they lose into injury so can uh, Martin Johnson fashion a title winning team this time on the line now we've got uh, the man who put the six pack into the six nations a long time ago the former England and Lions back row player Martin Corrie Martin are you there Yes, I am. How are you? Excellent. Very good. England need to make make this Cardiff game their own, don't they? Really, if they're to nail this championship.
0: Yeah, they, yeah, they do. It's, it's it's just a brilliant one to have. First off, um, it's just a shame that the injuries have blighted both sides. And uh, you know, you're dead right to to pick up about laws. And I think the biggest absentee is, is Croft, because in terms of the guys they've got coming in to replace him. I think it 's going to mean a big shift in in where they were in what they were thinking, so they 're going to have to bring in players to to accommodate that as a result. I think they 're going to have to play the very inexperienced Tom wood you know you 've shown what he can do for Northampton but then that leaves a lack of balance. I would like to have seen um, Andre Fury play and, but mm. I'm, I have a nagging feeling that they're going to go with Haskell as well just to just to get the balance of the back row.
2: Given the injuries you say you've just spoken about is is set piece the scrum is that the way they're going to go? I mean, they, Surely they've got to do more than that they can't just rely on that there aren't enough scrums necessarily in the game.
0: I do think scrum the scrum is uh, obviously coming from Leicester a huge <laughs> attacking weapon and people don't give it as much emphasis as, as it probably warrants but at a speed Especially with getting Jenkins yeah. Adam switch, Jones, and, uh, and Jenkins. Adam Jones out, you know, it's, it's a big plus for us. So, yeah, the course, they're going to major on the scrums, but yeah, they are going to have to offer other things. And, and the back line is pretty unaffected from, from the autumn. And, uh, you know, we, we saw against Australia how they can play. And, um, you know, certainly the plan A was there. And so I think there's this big misconception with England that we're looking to play this one-dimensional driving game. I think England's Mm -hmm. first option, especially with with Ben Young's half-back, is to play this... This all-encompassing attack with no firm attitude.
2: Mm. I mean, do you, I mean, you know Martin Johnson better than most. Do you think he's he's getting the sort of team that that he wants now? I mean, it's been a it's been a while coming, hasn't he, for various reasons? But uh, do you think it's do you think it's starting to to gel?
0: Yeah, I, I feel for it, actually because just when you think, if you go back to the autumn, you saw the great progress which saw the Australia game, and then you saw all the deficiencies coming out in the South Africa game, and then. So I would have wanted to have a big period of time and use the Six Nations just to iron out and to build the game awareness of the side. So then when they are faced with a flat blitzing defence, similar to what Wales are going to have in South Africa, you know, we didn't have the answers. And now, you know, I'm sure they've worked on it, but then again, you know, we've lost a few injuries, which has just, just probably halted that development to a degree.
2: Yeah, it's not all about Wales and England, of course. It's France and Scotland, at the Stade de France uh, on Saturday is a big game as well. I, I, which, which team, I mean, <laughs> it's clearly not France, got the momentum after the autumn. Uh, Scotland, having said that, are on the up. Uh, how do you see that one going?
0: Yeah, I've just seen the team, the team which leave him on as a and He's put Damien try at fullback, back And so you just think, there's a, there's a side which has got all the talent and they've got some real quality players, yet... There's always got to be big question marks over Mark Levermont with you know, leaving the likes of, of Poitrono on the bench playing Rougerie out of position. It's one of those where they should be there, but he feels like Mark Levermont's looking to go and stifle the the attacking intent of this of the natural french flair mm. and and he's putting people like try in at fullback just to bring in just right we need his boot we need to just play the percentages <laughs> whereas scotland you know, nobody expects them to win so they go out there and they play this brand of rugby which is which is high risk which everyone wants to see because and that's exactly how you do it if you if you didn't have the quality of player then you just go out there and give it a go they've found their way and they can if somebody comes in and they're not playing to their best then Scotland can catch them cold I don't expect them having said all that I don't expect them to beat France Scotland have also got um, injury concerns of themselves I think it's Morrison's out as well I, I hear so they haven't got the, the continuity which, which they wanted
2: i just ask you one more question Martin uh, who do you fancy for the championship it's a pretty open field isn't
0: it it would be so much easier if you're asking me this question on uh, <laughs> um, after that's the what weekend, I'm asking you now you learn so much about you know so much on the first game if England can go to Wales and win that, then I expect them to grow and I expect them to win the championship. But it, it is a tall order. They, they've got it in them. So I look at it. It'll be England or France come the end of it. And uh, and I just think England will will edge this one.
2: You, you, you've got a little bit of Welsh um, ancestry in your family, haven't you? I, I, I believe so. That, that, uh, is it split loyalties? Your mum, isn't
0: it, is Welsh? Yeah, my mum is Welsh, but uh, there is absolutely no split loyalties whatsoever. <laughs>
2: just Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. (laughs) Martin, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the Championship and uh, nice speaking to you.
0: Yeah, cheers, well done you. bye -bye.
2: Now we've got one more Welsh expert on the line, uh, my colleague Paul Rees. Reesy, how do you see Friday?
4: It's a game Wales have to win, isn't it? Performance doesn't matter. It's all about the result. Two wins in 13 last year has left them and and, and Gatland in in a vulnerable position. Whereas England follow this match with three home games two against scotland initially which you'd expect them to win whatever the circumstances and uh, another against france who haven't got a great recent record of Twickenham. them but for wales they follow uh, england with trips to scotland and italy and i think if they go there low on confidence very much a confidence team wales aren't they when when momentum's with them everything seems to click you saw that in 2005 you saw it in 2008 but take away those two years in, in the last 10, 11 championship campaigns and they've done very little and, and, and a big part of the reason that is, they, is if they start badly, that's what they take through the rest of the campaign. But if they start well, then it builds confidence, builds self-belief. And, and, you know, there are many teams, France apart, who, you know, on on their day, when when the wind is behind them, who can play like Wales.
2: No. I mean, the only snag, they've got a, a few injuries, haven't they, especially in the front five. How much of a loss is Adam Jones in particular?
4: Off, you know, because he was deemed to be puffing Billy, but but now he goes the full distance, and and it's not just his scrummaging; it's the work he does in the loose. And then you know, Cattlin was saying the other day that if they keep his weight at 122 kgs, you know, he he hits the optimum number of rucks, and without getting Jenkins, the, James is a better scrum, Paul James is a better scrummager than Jenkins, but it's what Jenkins offers in the loose, like that, like an extra flanker, and so losing those two props is, I mean, it's it's it is huge for Wales, but. You know, how often in international rugby is the scrum a major factor? And as I say, in Paul James, they've got a good scrummager. Um, Craig Mitchell is, is, is the one who's going if to, he, if he's picked, he's going to have to do the job on, on Sheridan. But I think Wales, Wales will have worked on their scrum. Um, they'll also work on the referee, Alan Roland who they've been more familiar with than, than the England players because of the Magnus League. And they will be looking to, to, to minimise the, the number of scrums. But that means, of course, cutting down on the error rate and mistakes Last year cost Wales more than anything. I mean, most most of their matches, most of the defeats, they didn't play badly. Dublin was an exception. Uh, the first mm. test against New Zealand in the summer, uh, another one. But otherwise, they were highly competitive. They, it was just daft moments, a stupid five minutes or ten minutes. Alan Wynne Jones in, getting Simbin in Twickenham. Mm. Um, you know, costly turnovers that have, that have cost them. But if they can put an minute Slim
2: uh, margins, aren't they? Slim margins. I mean, that's.
4: Very, very, very slim, Rob. And, and, you know, injuries have been a factor. I mean, it was interesting, I think, what Wales tried to do in November, and although they didn't get the results, I think what was significant for them was that, you know, for the first time, I, I would say, you know, in, in the professional era, they matched South Africa physically, they matched New Zealand physically. All right, you, you, you know you're going to um, at least match Australia up front. But they, in an area where they've been vulnerable in the past, you know, they, they achieved at least parity Mm. and in, in some instances, supremacy. But what they didn't have in November was, was a cutting edge behind it. So many injuries, you know, Jonathan Davis, mm. uh, Jamie Roberts, Shane Williams m- missed a few, Lee Halfpenny wasn't there. Um, so they, they, they lacked that cutting edge. Now they got most of those back, 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 so, so, so if they back. can achieve... Mm. I mean, they were getting sixty percent territory in possession in in November. If they can achieve fifty percent on Friday, they should have a good chance.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, most people will expect England to, to seek set piece domination and take it from there, won't they? But I mean, Wales, you know, will also have to deal with quality strike runners like Foden, Ashton, and Youngs coming the other way. I mean, can Wales win if win if they get say thirty percent of the ball?
4: Well, I mean, an interesting feature again about November, Rob, was Wales were vulnerable defensively on turnover ball. I mean, you think of Australia. Um, you know, two of the, the three tries the Aussies got came when Wales had possession in the Australia half, Bradley Davis got turned over, then Dan Diddy and boom, Australia away scoring tries. And and you know, with a with, with with someone like Ben Foden and Chris Ashen, you kick ball away badly or you cough it up in midfield. Young's is so you know, that's a featured in the Australia game, Young's reacting on turnover ball or, or a quickly taken penalty and boom he's away. Defence disorganised. If Wales don't improve in that area and they kick badly, or cough ball in, in the England half, they could pay for it.
2: Well, that's the view from Wales. Uh, back here in the studio, Evan and Steve. Uh, we haven't spoken much about Ireland. Paul O'Connell and Brian O'Driscoll are still around, but they're missing a host of backs. Tommy Bowe, Rob Carney, Andrew Trimble, Jordan Murphy, Shane Horgan. And they could all be up against it at
5: scrum time, couldn't they? What do we think? Well, the feeling, I mean, I think like a lot of teams, injuries are, are, are the big thing going into it. and uh, There's several players missing, but at the same time, it's a chance for, for new players to come in, I think, in both the back line and in the scrum. Uh, Fergus McFadden, I think, will make his debut in the first game against Italy. Uh, Mike Ross will come in, but it's a difficult start for Ireland because the injuries will uh, kind of cause a lack of confidence in the team, and if if they stutter to a victory over Italy, or even a narrow victory, they then got France at home. Which, mm. if they if they lose that, suddenly there's a there's an air of gloom over the whole thing. Whereas you know, a convincing convincing win mm. in in Italy in Rome can send, set the tone for it. Yeah, that Italian pack aren't the worst either, and you
2: you can just see them having a real tough certainly first half. I mean, Italy they've they've had a lot more exposure The Magnus League. The uh, Italian players they've been for the first time they've they've um, condensed the domestic structure over there. Two teams, so I don't know, Italy perennial wooden spoon favorites mm. i guess but at uh, that first match i just think ireland might be a v- bit vulnerable
5: yeah and it's 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 possibly it's the worst time to face italy whoever faces them first each year because this is when their optimism is probably highest when their injury list is possibly as low as it's going to get over you know the wear and tear of the season so i mean they they're, they're going to be up for it ireland i mean there is positives for ireland uh, mike ross seems to start he's been excellent for leinster um If the team, if a a kind of young team or a few young players can can produce an impressive win in Italy, it could really kickstart not only this tournament but looking ahead to the World Cup as well. Yeah, absolutely,
2: Steve. I mean, on a broader front, what, what kind of rugby will we we want to see during the Six Nations? It wasn't always thrilling last season, and neutrals, I suspect, will be looking for something a bit sexier. Well, I mean, I think, I think the fact that
1: all of the teams seem uh, much of a muchness, you know, that there's no standout team, means that, you know, we might get some close games, and close games is obviously a good thing. Whether we'll get to see attacking, flowing rugby or not might depend upon whether the French lead the way on that. Uh, I thought it was interesting what uh, JJ was saying about uh, England and their half-back combinations and what sort of rugby they will play, because, you know, cause with the three different number ten options that they've got, you know, with flood, we'll get yeah. the England will get the backs much more involved and, and play much more attacking. Uh, they'll, go and, they'll
2: go with Youngs and Flood. I mean, Youngs Youngs is, the, is a, I think a catalyst now for a lot of things. A lot of the things they do. But uh, if
1: it's tight and you know and, and and it's not quite working and you know and there's always the desire you know there's always that oh well we've got Johnny Wilkinson and he's kicking and you know and is he fit and 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 then when Johnny plays uh, England aren't quite so expansive and then you know and then there's the Charlie Hodgson option where the kicking is even better but you know but the the expansion uh, part of the game Sort of Seems to disappear Well uh, I, uh, I don't know
2: I, I think that's a bit harsh On Charlie who's, Who is I've always thought is One of the great distributors and, and to be fair to Johnny I mean looks a, 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 Just such a more relaxed Freer individual In the south of France So you never know, we could, you know England could end up Thanking the, the French uh, who they're, they're very reluctant to send their players away to France. They they could end up, uh, end up thanking them for producing a, a sort of revitalised Johnny. But we- yeah, well, he,
1: he certainly seems to have been enjoying uh, his time out in France, doesn't he? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, and and then uh, to sort of you know to to go on to to Ireland and and what sort of rugby they will play. I mean that. That nearly always depends upon whether Brian O'Driscoll stays fit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, he, you know, if, he's, if he's fit and moving and galvanising the team, then they, they start playing uh, much better rugby. If you see him pull up with one of those injuries... Halfway through the Italy game, and then it's going to be a
2: bad time for Ireland. He's an unbelievably committed bloke as well. Two tries, he just needs to equal the all-time highest score, individual scorer in Six and and Five Nations history. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, just, I mean, obviously the the other key thing that we haven't particularly mentioned, World Cup year, Six Nations is is a huge stepping stone towards that, but it's not the biggest thing this year. Is it important to peak? Well, clearly important to pick in New Zealand, but how important is the Six Nations in that progression?
1: When you were asking about what sort of rugby we'd see, I mean, you know, another part of the uh, Six Nations is, you know, is that as excited as we get about it, it has slightly less importance in a World Cup year, and you know, and the coaches are spending more time trying to blend their teams and trying to work out their best combinations, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be playing their best rugby. But there was, a, you know, there was a very good uh, table in the Observer last Sunday which showed the uh, Six Nations. And five nations tables from each of the world cup years, and the team that won the six nations, five nations was not often the best performer in the world cup mm-hmm. uh, big, so big exception two thousand and three well two thousand and three was the big exception.
5: the stats there might suggest different, but if if you ask any of the teams involved, uh, while well their uh, focus may be on the World Cup after the Six Nations, I think they'd say, well, the ideal way to prepare for it would be to win the Six Nations. None of them are thinking, well, you know, if we come good in the, in the second half of the Six Nations, that would be ideal. Uh, they 'd probably all at this age say to win it would be would be the ideal preparation from an irish point of view they they 're going in in the very similar situation as they did uh, four years ago where they thought you know we we could win the six nations and go on and possibly even win the world cup now the expectation is a lot less but uh it, there's its similarities between the way kidney is approaching this season where he seems to be favoring older players much to uh, dismay of many the kind of press and the public at home which is what O'Sullivan did four years ago and that was a bit of a disaster so I think you know e- each team will want to hit the ground running and, and obviously keep as many players fit with maybe discover one or two new things along the way I, mean, well, I that's think that's a good point it's a good, it's a good it's just a good testing ground all around isn't it yeah. thank you all of
2: you I just need to insist before we go that you plump for a winner uh, I've spoken uh, as we know to Paul Rees earlier on he reckons it'll boil down to the Ireland England game at the end of the season. I think he marginally went for England, but uh, depending on how Ireland went on the opening weekend, what do you what do you think, uh, Steve?
1: Uh, well, I always think it 's fascinating how the fixture schedulers line up that final day of the uh, of the season since you know since we stopped the days when everybody played at the same time, and France Wales is the uh, is the final game with uh, Ireland England earlier that afternoon, um, and I just have this feeling that if France get it together, they spend time gelling as a team that uh, that they will be uh, the team who comes out on top in the Six nations and I sort of have this sneaking feeling they 'll be the best team uh,
5: from the Northern Hemisphere in the World Cup I'm fortunately going to agree with Steve I think France would be my tip <laughs> for the Six Nations but I uh, I think England Ireland the problem is I think perhaps you know, Ireland could beat England in Dublin but lose in, it lose in Wales or lose in Cardiff and, and teams will take points off each other along the way I don't think we'll have a Grand Slam winner France to win the Six Nations well
2: I'm going to disagree with both of you and uh, predict that England will win in Cardiff on Friday night uh, and will take the championship but under a bit of pressure from Scotland I think Scotland have got a, as good a pack as anybody big uh, strong I think they're, they've come together they're bit, you know, without, without much fuss Andy Robinson he's done a very good job up there uh, so I think they might be, they might be up, up there as well so we, we shall see that's the fun of it, isn't it? We, we, we don't quite know, but uh, enjoy it here with us. Thank you to JJ Williams, uh, to Martin Corrie, to Paul Rees, to Steve Busfield and to Evan Fanning. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday to sum up the weekend's matches and consider the prospects for round two. I'm Robert Kitson and our producer is Tim Maybe. Bye for now and enjoy the Rugby Feast, starting in Cardiff on Friday night. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk
5: forward slash audio.
2: Visit our special website to win tickets for you and your mates, plus watch player videos and join in live web chats at guardian.co.uk slash guinness-rugby-2011. Get your mates together for a Guinness, this RBS Six Nations.